This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! Look a shot! Goal! post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Gets to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! Despite everyone and everything, we're still here. Just under 600 lowly souls tonight turning out to see Swindon defy the odds and lose by the narrowest of margins to Exeter City in a game that had more dead rubber than Avon tyres in Melksham. That's it for another year for the Johnson's Paint. Nope, check a trade. No, sorry. Papa John's. Oh, now it's the Brizzle Street Motors Trophy. But you ask anybody, though, I'm more of a dick love it man. But enough of my oversharing. Here to share with us the man who's braved the trip tonight and saved his iFollow money is, of course, Dan Hunt. Hello, Dan. Good evening, Jay. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Well done. That's all my work that I've put into tonight, so it's over to you. <laughs> you could have rattled off Auto Windscreen Shield, Freight Rover Trophy, uh, Audi V Vans. You could have got in there. Um, what else have we had? There's, I'm sure there's more. Anyway, I, I get them. I get them a bit muddled up with the League Cup ones when you have like Rumblows <laughs> or people oh, like that. Yeah. Are you of an oh, age where it? you would have hired a telly? Probably not. No, thankfully. Um, but yeah, Worthington Cup, kind of uh, Coca Cola Cup in the mid nineties when Swindon got to the semis. I always remember yeah. one of the programs, Home to Bolton. It had this lovely League Cup trophy with some red and blue tassels off the handles of the trophy. It's an iconic program for me growing up. That was a big game, semi-final. 
It certainly was. It certainly was. We're going to be thinking of John McKinley again. And uh, oh no, yeah, exactly. Bad times. <laughs> oh no, let's not start the night with John McKinley. But so, no, um, tonight I was one five hundred and seventieth of the total Swindon people in the crowd. That's, yeah, no, uh, it's it's notable. It. It's notable. It's a, it's a bit. Look, I know this competition is what it is, and there are people who won't like it. There are people who say it only suits the convenience of academy sides. But this year, certainly, people have turned out for it. It was about about three, two or three thousand for the Arsenal game. It was took more about, than three thousand. Yeah. More than three thousand took one and a half thousand away to Reading. That was six thousand. Um, but results being what they were, this didn't mean anything. But even so, were you a bit were you surprised at how low it was? Uh, I was anticipating us getting our lowest ever crowd, which I think I saw on one of Rich Banyard's tweets from earlier in the day. It needed to be lower than nine hundred odd. But yeah, six four four. Wow, that is people voting with their feet <laughs> against the competition, against Swindon's current form. It was very much a youth cup crowd for half a youth cup team. Um, Exeter put out a, a much better side. Um, they'll you know probably be a bit disappointed to only win one nil. Um, you know, they have used it as a legitimate kind of first team fixture. They've used, you know, a bit of fringe, a few first teamers in there looking for a bit of form. Um, it'd just be lovely, wouldn't it, to be in a position to do something similar, uh, have a bit more of a core of the side so that when you're slotting in these youngins, you know, they've got a bit of a frame to fit in around. And, you know, with a couple more first team players, you know, Swindon probably would have given them a good run for their money tonight. Yeah, because I keep I keep harking back to the you know the Ghana days of watching these games and then being, I mean, we didn't make great progressions in those, but it was kind of fun and you did see that kind of mix of people who had first team experience, even if they weren't necessarily knocking on the door, uh, and youth in there. Before we get into the lineup, just beforehand. Um, I'm just looking at the recap here from our very own Joe Acklam, where uh, a contributor has said to him that uh, the selection's awful for a competition game and that fans who attend should be given a free ticket for the next home game, £10, as many free hot drinks as they want. And our Joe has replied simply saying that he sincerely believes if you came to this match, the only thing you deserve to be given is a psychological evaluation. (laughs) Well, sign me That's up. charming, isn't it? My psychological. <laughs> well, you're the one podding it, Jay. You didn't even watch it, so. Uh, well, there you go. go. To think there that this go. this pod gets criticised so people don't go into games. They're getting people presenting who didn't even watch it, but you're going to guide me through it now. Before we get, I was going to just rattle the lineup, and obviously people know that it's different. But what I wanted to kind of get you on is that. Uh, it's strange because because the squad is so small this year and it's really bare bones. I have the same kind of feeling of dread with the last fixture with the Reading game, where you're kind of wondering and always praying that first teamers don't make it in, and it's always a surprise to think who does get picked from you know the the regular Saturday or the regular league crews today. Um. You're quite surprised to see Bakekran in there. I was, yeah, especially if he was injured enough 
to miss the Harrogate game. Um, I was surprised they've used tonight as a bit of a fitness test or a chance to prove his fitness. Uh, as it was, him and Coccolo played 41 minutes each. Uh, so it looked quite a pre-planned, premeditated substitution when they were replaced by Harvey Fox at left wing back and um, Jackson Brown in the centre of midfield. But I suppose so long as McEachran and Coccolo have come through unscathed, then at the very least, McEachran's proved his fitness for Saturday against Mansfield. And as we know, he's an important part of that midfield next to Khan. And Coccolo has got another 40 minutes under his belt. And uh, I've got to say, you know, they did look like senior pros on the night. They played like it. Um, no lack of commitment, no saving themselves or anything like that. So, yeah, um, Kukalo and, and McEachern can can hold their heads high from tonight. But it was a risk, let's, let's face it. Yeah. I yeah. think it was probably expected, given that I know he's, he's started the last two games, but Kukalo only playing um, the last two and having such a such a spell out, you'd kind of imagine that he'd be getting minutes here. Um, so, yeah, Lewis Ward in goal, the aforementioned as McEachern, Brooklyn Genesini, uh, Williams Kukolo, uh, Liam Kinsella as well, we're drawing on to what his contribution was like, Antoine Dwarzak uh, back in the lineup, uh, Harrison Minton, um, got Sonny Hart, Miles Abodo, Fletcher Hubbard, and who's also McGregor's first name? Gone, amazing. Joel. Dad. Joel McGregor, there you go. Yeah. So yeah, that, what would that's almost if you just rattle that lineup, that's probably more in the lines of what you would want this competition yeah, I mean, lineup to be. I I was quite pleased when I saw the lineup. Um, we also saw a, a bit of a, a change of shape tonight. So you had a a more traditional back four with Genesini at right back, Coccolo left back. Minton and Hart were the, the central defensive pair. A uh, couple of holders in midfield in the shape of Kinsella and McEachran. Anton Dwarzak playing a bit more advanced of them. I think there's definitely an element of trying to keep him out of defensive trouble by pushing him a little bit higher up the pitch. Um, and then, yeah, front three really comprising of, sort of uh, young John McGregor, young winger on the right. Um, he did some good stuff tonight for a young one. Um, Fletcher Hubbard, um, a sort of diminutive, creative uh, attacking midfielder in a youth team sense. Uh, he was on the left and he had a very tough shift up against a massive man in uh, Ameson. Is it Will Ameson? It's, um, certainly someone I've heard of. And, you know, he, he did beast Hubbard um, physically uh, throughout the match. Hubbard getting very little change. And then, of course, uh, Miles Abodo, the fourth striker in the Swindon Town squad currently, um, had a very tough shift up front on his own against some very experienced defenders in the shape of Pierce Sweeney, once of this Shire, uh, Alex Hartridge, who um, feels like it's been at Exeter for ages, and, of course, Ameson, who uh, did a, such a good job looking after Hubbard. So, yeah, Abodo, he really did try his best. Ran and ran and ran, but um, yeah, very little service and you know, feeding off scraps. He he did his best, and we must remember he's only sixteen. 
We must remember, well done. He's only 16, as our my uh, hero Neville Southall would say. <laughs> but it's only it's only six minutes into this game that we're getting the the first goal, which uh what my alert said that was a Harrison Minton own goal, but that was off uh, Liam Kinsella, wasn't it? Well, you've heard Minton own goal. I've also read elsewhere Kinsella OG. Um but you know. I think generally, if a striker's in the vicinity and it was kind of a real mess of bodies at the near post as a sort of whipped right right wing cross came in. Um yeah, I mean you you just give it to the to the striker, don't you? So Yannick Wheelchair, um, who had an, an electric opening to the game, uh, I think will be credited with the goal at the near post. Exeter's Twitter feed seemed to be giving it to him. Um yeah, in terms of the goal, um, Swindon defended a corner, got a bit of a clearance in. Um, a couple of players, I think it was Hubbard and Abodo, both sort of committed to try and go win the ball back, um, which when they didn't win it back, left us a bit short on Swindon's left, exit is right. Um, in came the cross, almost unchallenged, and then, yeah, a, a decent finish, but I think it was the cross that made the goal, really. Um, the sort of five or six minutes before Exeter went, when they're like, you know, it was looking already like one-way traffic. Um, and in fact, the first sort of 12 or 15 minutes of the match, it was looking like it could be a mauling, uh, akin to what happened at Reading away. Uh, this is what you you were saying this off mic as you saying that there was yeah. that apprehensive feeling in that first 15 yeah. 20 that it could have been battened down the hatches time. Oh, it, I mean if Exeter were better finishers and if Lewis Ward hadn't made a couple of, sort of smart regulation saves, you know, this game could have been game set and match in the first 10 or 15 for sure. Um it was just sort of cutting through us with ease and wheeled shut on Exeter's left wing, you know, just Brooklyn Genesini and John McGregor. I mean, nothing against McGregor here. He's a 17-year-old winger from the youth team. But, you know, wheeled shut. I mean, he's quick. Don't get me wrong. He's quick and he's tricky and he's experienced, you know. Remember him playing at uh, Wigan. Has he also played for Sunderland? You know, he's got some great clubs on his CV there. And, yeah, he just seemed to glide past. Swindon's defenders on the right. It was a shaky start to the game for Genesini, for sure. Which, you know, when he is one of the senior, it sounds ridiculous. It's like his first year in a professional environment, really, for Genesini. But he is kind of a senior pro tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I will say for Genesini, uh, his fortunes seem to track the fortunes of Swindon in the match. Because after that first 15 to 20 minutes where it looked like Exeter could score as many as they want, Swindon did get their heads around the task and Genesini and McGregor kind of really doubled up well on wheeled shut and stopped him having much more of an impact on the on the first half. Um, and slowly but surely, Swindon kind of edged their way into the half. Some nice long spells of possession. So... One spell in particular must have lasted sort of 90, 100 seconds. Um, so it didn't particularly do much with it, but it was you could see almost 
the relief that's <laughs> when we're on the ball and actually moving it about and getting a little bit of respite by being on the ball. Um, yeah, in terms of other other players, and so I think Kinsella uh, next to McEachern in midfield for the first forty minutes um, did well, uh, sort of quietly efficient, busy. Uh, after McEachern went off. Um, sort of playing next to Jackson Brown, I think I think he played the senior pro role quite well. A good screen for the back four. You know, one of Kinsella's better ninety minutes. He certainly looks fit as well. Um, I think Cockolo, as we've said, you know, had a good game at left wing back. Uh, the irony being, the goal did come down Swindon's right, but sort of following the melee of a corner. Um, in general, open play, you know, sort of left wing back was a sort of our strongest area of the pitch, really, with Coccolo there. Um, he does look very naturally fit. Um, you know, you see the way he's come into the Swindon first team environment after 14 months out of the game and you know, 70 minutes on debut is quite impressive. And then 90 minutes up at Harrogate, I mean, touch wood here, he does look naturally fit and he does look full of running. So, in a squad full of nothing, really, this year for Swindon, it's, it's a useful addition, um, for sure. Would you say on the evidence of this area, much have been made of you know having to make up benches of the youth team, and I have to say the last leg away to Reading didn't really feel like the ideal way to to blood in new talent. It felt a bit like throwing them under the bus, but with that. Mm-hmm. One goal cushion and maybe extra easing off. Do you think that this actually did turn into something a bit more beneficial for them? Yeah, so probably. I mean, if you if you looked at it uh, at the point we took off McEachern and Cockolo, who'd been our probably two best players up to that point, forty-one minutes in, you were, you know I was apprehensive, thinking, well, actually, you know. Swindon have kind of done a bit of hard work, got back into the fixture, settled down. We did also have a reasonable chance, probably our only chance of the match, with a sort of right right wing diagonal ball to Hubbard on the left wing. He side footed. Um, I think it was Ameson who cleared it off the line. So you no know, credit to Hubbard, Hubbard there, who hit that smartly and got it on target, made Exeter clear it, but. Um, yeah, I was apprehensive when Kekron and Cockley went off because with Fox and Brown coming on, you know that took the demographic of the team much uh, much younger. Um, it was I was thinking it was going to be a very long second half, but I think actually different to our Redden experience, this mainly young side in the second half acquitted themselves very well. They never folded. They never stop trying. I know those are easy things to say. You don't really have to back up those statements, but you know there was yeah a good dollop of professionalism from a very young team there, in the way that you know they did restrict Exeter to you know a few clear chances in that second half. Um, Exeter used their bench and were bringing on some quite experienced players in. Uh, Will Aitchison, for example, ex Forest Green, uh, Diabate, the sort of big lump up front. He he did bugger all. 
Um, Sonny Hart had some good physical tussles with him and actually got the, got the referee's favour on a couple of free kicks. Um, they also brought on a, a sort of left centre-half, Jules, who looked excellent, I've got to say. Um, I wouldn't mind him at left centre-back. Uh, I don't know much about him, but great size and really quite good on the ball. So, yeah, I, I, I think this young Swindon side, for that last 50, 55 minutes of the match, take a lot of credit. And some of the younger experience, Genesini, who did have a, a, a reasonable second half going forward, Minton playing next to Hart at the back, looked like the senior centre-half. Kinsella kind of kept the midfield together. Jackson Brown, you know, looks a tidy player. Um, you know, he obviously started against Arsenal back in August, so we know there's a bit of bit of promise there. Um, McGregor, as I've mentioned earlier, on the right wing, did some good stuff. Very dogged, very determined. Um, uh, and Abodo, despite getting very little change out of anything, never stopped running. Um, never let his head drop. So, yeah. I think probably the one who will be really disappointed um, would be Fletcher Hubbard, who in the youth team setting is a really eye-catching player, really skillful, really tricky, You know, plays with a bit of arrogance. He knows he's good at uh, the times I've seen him in a under-18s context. But yeah, I think when you see how small he is in real life, you'll see how difficult a jump it's going to be into professional football where, you know, especially in League Two, or if he goes out on loan to Conference South North or National League uh, in the years ahead, you know, physically he's going to have to be a real tough cookie to be that small. Um, and, you know, maybe he's got a good role model at the club already in Dan Kemp for being small and looking after yourself and, and then allowing your sort of footballing talent to come across. But yeah, Hubbard will have better days than that. He came up against a monster defender in Ameson who did... Uh, Buffet him around, let's say. Yeah, if I think of it, I mean, small has been the way in the Swindon midfield of, like the last few years, and somebody like Louis Reed is particularly, you know, slight on the eye. He's not much taller than myself, if if even an inch. So, I guess it's a it's a, a factor of mentality and physicality, isn't there? That was always yeah, the gripe I mean... that Scott Twine had, wasn't it? The uh, Wellens used to get on at him that he. You know, he wasn't bulked up enough or still had like a 12 year old's body or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Scott Twain's still got a uh, 12 year old's body, right? And Louis Reed is still <laughs> five foot four. I mean, this is by no means me saying Hubbard's not going to make it physically. I think tonight is obviously a bit of a reality check. Um, I think, you know, if they stream the Luton third round FA Youth Cup tie, you'll see from him, you know, as the main man, the main sort of attacking, creative threat in that under-18s context, he will shine. Um, And this is where, you know, we spoke many times on this pod, particularly me, about that bridge between under-18s and first-team football, whether it's reserves, development friendlies, under-21s, whatever. You need fixtures. And actually, the EFL trophy this year with the young sides we put out at Reading, I know we got walloped. Um, the young sides we put out tonight, who've acquitted themselves much better. These are effectively the sort of bridging reserve games that these young guides need. Um, 
I mean, Sonny Hart has now started and finished three senior professional games for Swindon, albeit, you know, in the Bristol Street Motors trophy. But, you know, that's something burgeoning on a bit of a CV. Um, Dwarzak will be chuffed. I think he's had a difficult year in terms of illness and injury. He's played 90 minutes tonight. Um, you know, it's pretty six out of ten performance. As a first-year pro, you know, he needs games. And he's been out on loan at North Lee, but that is a very low level. No disrespect to our friends up there, up in Oxfordshire. But, you know, Warzak playing 70-odd minutes at Reading and 90 minutes tonight will have done, you know, six months' worth of learning compared to playing under-18s football last year. Uh, yeah, it just, it's just—it's a constant frustration of mine, really. The lack of reserves, development, football, whatever you want to call it. Um, and actually, given Swindon's problems in terms of squad size and depth, which yeah, we've documented to the hilt this year, having people like Miles Abode going up all the way to Bradford, staying in a hotel, uh, coming on for five minutes, you know, and actually denying them playing an under 18s game that day you, know, you are you are actually hampering development too if you're not letting them play amongst their peer group well um, this is this is something i want to kind of uh, kind of lead towards a little bit because we've had we've had a bit of fixture announcement uh, muddle ups this week haven't we with uh, getting academy and under 18 fixtures mixed around or putting wrong dates up and things getting put up and taken back down. But in the wider sense, yeah, I'm following the, um, the, the under 17s, I presume it is in the floodlight league tonight in, um, floodlit cup. Yeah. Floodlit cup. Uh, town got looted in the FA youth cup following like those fixtures. People are probably more familiar. You're somebody actually of, of all the, enthusiastic contributors you're probably the person who has kept abreast of the uh under 18 developments over the time that i've known because you know you are a scrapbooker you keep you keep a, a document a record of these things but everyone is becoming more familiar with these names because that's what's making up the bench and it's strange to have half an eye on what everything else is going on based on you know who will be available to fill that bench out and even We've had a chat today. Uh, what's it? The young man who is—is is he actually in the under sixteens? And would have been the youngest debutant if he came on. Who are you referring there? to? I'll have your name in just a second. I remember. Oh, is this Larkins, the unused? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I must admit, despite thank you for giving me a nice rap there for my <laughs> yeah. uh, under eighteens and academy knowledge, but I don't actually know a thing about this Larkins. Um, I will take your word for it. I mean, had he have come on, he would have been youngest debutant ever. I mean, fantastic experience for him tonight to be on the bench. But yeah, that's one I'm going to have to do a bit of recce on. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, all in, it's been a very good evening for Swindon's academy because what's happened concurrently tonight, Swindon's under-17s, as you say, have played... Uh, away at Luton in the Floodlit Cup, which is a specific competition for under-17s. Youth team scholars comprise 16, 17 and 18-year-olds over a sort of two-year scholarship 
between the age of 16 and 18. Obviously, the FA Youth Cup is the sort of prestige youth team competition, but they also have this um, Floodlit Cup, which is specifically for first-year scholars in the under-18. So, you know, hence the the under-17s uh, moniker. And they've drawn 2-2 after 90 minutes up at Luton tonight, which, um, you know, given Luton's new standing in the game, feels like a, a good result. Absolutely. Anthony McCormack um, and Botan Amin, I think, is a young striker. Uh, they were 2-0 up, so just couldn't quite hold on there. Uh, and, of course, you know, we're off to Luton uh in the FA Youth Cup third round too, by coincidence, and that fixture has to be played by December the 16th. So, you know, given that our under-17s have gone to Luton and drawn 2-2, most of the under-18s have been involved with the Swindentown first team tonight and put up a good show against Exeter. You know, as glum as we are off the field about squad depth and as glum as we are about league position and form, I think... You know, if you're looking for some tiny green shoots, uh, the young'uns have acquitted themselves wow. Um, and there's a bit of hope for the future there, but I would still like to see that bridging, connecting part between under-18s and, and the first team uh, existing. Uh, that'd be lovely. If we could have some development friendlies or reserve team football uh, I think Swindon's policy in the last uh, two or three years, certainly uh, in the sort of Clemorfuni uh, era, has been, well, we won't do that. We'll just send them out on loan. And the quality of some of the loan uh, arrangements hasn't been super-duper, to be kind. Um, I think Minton's probably one that has benefited from going and playing some rough and tumble conference self men's football with Chippenham, but you know, towards acts one, you know, we've spoken about that, that loan spell at North Lee. I think Harvey Fox has been at North Lee as well. Um, Archie Milne, who was another unused sub tonight, centre half. He, I think was at a very low level, maybe even lower than North Lee. Was it Fairford Town? Anyway, it, Someone had a Hellenic loan, didn't they? I think that might have been Archie Milne. But anyway, it's it's a very difficult thing to do locally. I, I would rather see us have that under-21s kind of badge. Even if you're not in an under-21s league, just a couple of under-21s kind of fixtures a month where these these young men get the chance to go and mix it with some hardened men you know they'll have learned a heck of a lot coming up against some of the players tonight representing Exeter you know we've mentioned Yannick Wiltshire he's got a really good CV Tom Carroll of Tottenham and England under 21s and Swansea fame uh, in central midfield tonight Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. 
NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows, and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. O'Sullivan, Finney a target in the penalty area, he's found the young Finney, it's 2-0, two goals in a minute. You can only begin to think the thoughts that are going through the head of Harford and Flowers. Let's not let's not forget former uh, Swindon Town looker arounder, the second signing for Lee Powers twenty one twenty two, whatever push that he was planning. John McGreal Odyssey, wow, the yeah. John McGreal Odyssey. Bless Piers Sweeney, he was. Uh, I imagine he was here for probably about a day, and. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> saw all the stuff that was going on, and saw Power turn the lights off. And went, do you know what? I'm happy where I am. But uh, a <laughs> nice footnote. Might have spent even less with time, less yeah. time in the building than McGreal, but one for the trivia fans there. Yeah, well, I'll see if he spent any time in the building. Uh, <laughs> we'll never know. But yeah, he, he had quite a good game in the centre of Exeter's defence. Like I say, we were only limited really to one decent chance, and that was Hubbard. Um, Polly cleared off the line. Um, Polly, if you're looking for other scraps of Attacking play. There was some good play down the Swindon right between Genesini and uh, McGregor at various times. McGregor, unfortunately, slicing and spooning various crosses. I think the only corner that we won was in the first half and can't quite remember who swung it in, but hit it straight out of play. So, you know, when in a game like this where you're struggling so much for uh, attacking territory and chances, you know, when you get those opportunities to put the ball in the box, you mustn't spurn them. But some of these young players will love that. Will have learned a lot tonight for sure. And that's a good thing. I want to revisit as well because I think I'm very much with you in these sorts of things that I can't understand. And I've I've heard Jamie Russell talk about this on a pod, uh, not on this pod, on one of the other ones. Um, but talking about how you know having a um, under twenty three team or a B team, which is kind of maybe the model I lean more towards, um, it's too expensive to do. And this is where it's frustrating how the um, the idea of what what will drive investment and what's what's a better idea is concentrating your resources on 
overseas soccer schools and things like that. I can't understand <laughs> for me then. I can't understand. Look, I can understand that, you know, submitting a team that participates in regular competitions and leagues might be a step above. But the example from my local league one team of Wickham Wanderers who have a B team is that kind of informal uh, behind closed doors friendlies as and when you can get them it's not set up in a competition I think the famous Brentford B do a similar thing where it's you know continental but it doesn't need to be that could it we could be having competitive games uh, you know against second string Newport Bristol City uh, a Reading Academy whoever yeah, bang on, JR. And it's something I'll continue talking about until it happens. Because, like I said, I've, I've heard costs banded around previously. You know, if you want to run an under-21s team, you need to find another 750, 800 grand. And I appreciate some of that is personnel costs because obviously you want an extra six or seven bodies in that under-21 bracket. Or you're going to have to give some of your graduating under-18s uh, slightly longer contracts or maybe dish out a few more contracts than you would. But, um, I just think, you know, 18 is so young and men's football, it is such a jump. Some of these people need uh, just another year or two in the oven to cook and bake. <laughs> uh, I think Minton, you're now seeing a slightly more refined, mature Minton, this is his second year of being a, a professional. Uh, Dwarzak, you know, first year pro. I think physically you look at him, you know, you want him to look a better specimen up against his sort of under-18s peers. But, you know, I think the sort of troubles he've had, he's had in terms of illness and, and injury have sort of really restricted him. So he needs time. And he is he is actually one that does have a bit of a longer contract. I think he's got until the end of next season, hasn't he? So, bit of a long term thinking there, at least. Um, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, uh, certainly I would look at Jackson Brown in midfield, Sonny Hart in defence, uh, Abodo up front, who's had a lot of exposure this year. I think, you know, going and playing Wick and B. On a Tuesday afternoon for Bristol City under twenty threes <laughs> on a Thursday morning, like would be a good thing. Because you know, I guess how it's, much, it, does, it, how much it, does it cost to hire the bus? And like, well, this this is this is this is my point on it. This is this is my question on it, Dallas. I'm thinking like you know you read about um, if there's one thing that this competition you know does have going for it, and it's you know the thing that's the criticism point as well as the uh, the bonus point that the Premier League teams would lean on is that there's an appetite for, you know, their younger players to be tested, to have, you know, games against competitive uh, men's players. You're hearing all the time, I certainly read all the time, especially if there's a, um, you know, an Arsenal player or a Chelsea player who's out and, rehabilitating about these behind closed doors friendlies at Bisham Abbey against you know this league one team and the other league two team and whatever and yeah that that appetite to you know give people rehabilitative fixtures as well is there 
failing that, you know, otherwise the better option, which is another thing that seemed to work well in the early earlier, is that you can actually get people out on loan while they're still in the building. So you're still training people every day and they're getting to train with their National League South team um, you know, in the evenings, but you're still getting to see their development. I think you had people who were cameoing in this competition while doing things like loans at Chippenham, and that seemed to work well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think Mo Dabre was one reputedly, you know, was out on loan while he was here, but still training with the Swindon first team, Harry Parsons too. Yeah, but no, it just, it's got to be a hunger to do it. And I just think the biggest barrier for this current regime is just cost. That's the only thing they see. Um, there's actually, as we know, in the bottom two divisions, sometimes you've got to speculate. It's speculate, speculate to accumulate, right? To accumulate, yeah. Um, and... Yeah, we don't have enough bodies, pure and simple, <laughs> which conversely could actually mean better opportunities for the under-18s in a first-team context. But as we said earlier, you know, that can have a, a stifling effect when you're actually denying them their, their regular under-18s football set. Yeah, there we go. Maybe when 20,000 fans come down at the end of May to see Chris Moyle spin the decks, we'll finally get the uh, the coffers through for next season. <laughs> yes, well, uh, it's a good job we're not in the playoff final. Because I think that is playoff <laughs> final weekend, isn't it? Um, oh, It'll be the party, not, the promotion <laughs> party, right? Yeah, um... Hang on, I'm thinking back now. If it's not the League Two playoff final weekend, it's certainly the Championship League One one, I think. Uh, but now, I mean, good on him for actually getting this far. <laughs> I still think <laughs> cynical me says this element where they're taking pre-sales. I definitely think there's a in three months' time. Oh, we haven't sold enough. It's not viable. It's not happening, guys. You failed to get behind uh, what we we're trying to do, Swindon fans. Um, but no, I mean, if people fancy uh, a weekend listening to Moyles Eat, doing some of a Euros party ahead of England, going off to Germany and having a bit of 90s nostalgia, then go for it. I might like have been a good night, and it might lead to bigger things, you know. It may do. Maybe we'll have the likes of Elton John grace the uh, county ground once more. Acts <laughs> of that calibre, who knows? I might have been more excited if we hadn't found a playlist in the uh, LS pod chat of um of the same name of this 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 promotional tour that Chris Moyle's done and the eight hour playlist. And I can only assume that is what he what he plays. Wow, but you get yeah. to see Moyles in the flesh and other DJs. So, well. My own recollections of Chris Moyles, because um, I was a teenager in the early thousands and the Chris Moyles breakfast show was a staple of my life. And then Scott Mills and Chappers on the way home. Um, and the best thing about Chris Moyles was never Chris Moyles. It was always the support team around him. Comedy Dave and uh, Dominic the Donkey and all that jazz. <laughs> um, and was it Tina Dehealy, was it? newsreader anyway like that that was kind of the fun of the Chris Boyle show and uh 
Moyles was kind of like the arrogant arsehole in the middle of it somehow. Just felt like a bit of an odd fit amongst quite a quite a fun crowd of uh, radio people. Fit very well in the town, then, is what we're saying. Right, let's <laughs> let's wrap up the right. I was going to go into a bit of listener feedback, but listener feedback is mainly going on about the same thing. I'm not going to give you any surprises here, or maybe I will. But I think the uh, man of the match contributions from the listeners they're giving it to. Genesini. Now, is there a feeling that uh, yeah, he gave a reasonable account of himself this evening? Is that somebody you think should be, mm, if not, if not, you know, pulling up trees in a starting lineup, and somebody who can actually start to contribute to games? Um, well, I've said it already. I think he had a shaky first fifteen up against a very talented winger in wheelchair. Um, but he also deserves credit along with Joel McGregor on the right side for getting their head around the task and, and dealing with it and actually not completely shutting Wiltshire out of the game but sort of closing down that, that side of the pitch um, and actually in the second half uh, I commented to my friend uh, sat next to me in the game actually you know it felt like if, if we were going to get an attacking threat from anywhere Equalizer. It was probably coming from Genesini down the right. Yeah, I think I think he in the last seventy-five minutes of the game had, did quite well. We mustn't forget as well. He's barely kicked a ball for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, here is someone who could do with a an under twenty-three fixture every now and again. So, you know, you've got players coming into games almost completely cold, having done training. You know, that's not the same as matches, as we know. So maybe that first fifteen or twenty minutes, you know, he was, he was getting back in the groove. But yeah, I mean, he's got to be better for the for the ninety minutes under his belt. Um, I mean, if you're looking for the most impressive Swindon players on the day, I think Cockerlo and McEachern for the forty-one minutes they were on the pitch definitely did look um, like the sort of solid first-team pros. I think Kinsella's kind of Quietly efficient, seven seven out of ten night. Then the role of senior pro, Minton similar. Um, so who would I give man of the match to? Is seventy five minutes Genesini enough? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of a hard one to pick. So, um, you know, everyone gave it a pretty good effort in terms of work rate. Um, You're not tempted to give or, it to Lewis Ward. <laughs> well, he didn't have a heck of a lot to do after that first fifteen or twenty minutes. Um, didn't really have a chance for the goal. His kicking was awful, by the way. Why the Swindon defenders keep putting it on his left foot, I'll never ever know. And actually, some of, even some of the kicks on his right foot were alarmingly bad. But the actual. Mm-hmm. Shot stopping bit was okay. I can't, I don't know. It's also every Lewis Ward performance I've seen, but there we go. <laughs> but anyway, probably the best player was Williams Kokole. Uh, but he was only on 41 minutes. Can you give someone man out for that? Genesini for the last 75 minutes was pretty good. McEachern, pretty good. Kinsella, pretty good. Oh, I don't know. 
where would you lean to, JR, from the, the feedback you've seen? Is it is it looking like Genesini's got the listeners? Genesini's got the listeners. Um, there, was, there was one or two, it wasn't a ton of uh, correspondence because I don't think loads of people watch this game on iFollow or mm. in person, which I'd really love. I'd love, might be a bit of a stretch. I've not looked at the, uh, the listener stats. So if we could get more listeners than attendees, that would be <laughs> great. Especially if people could just, just learn about the game vicariously through you. That would be good. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah uh, <clears throat> of the young'uns, I think Jackson Brown quitted himself well off the bench. McGregor, um, tried lots of stuff, very dogged, put in a few tackles, closed down people. Wow, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe we'll just have to go with the listeners on Genesini, but specify it was the last 70 minutes, Genesini, and not the first 20. <laughs> not the first 50. <laughs> okay, I'll give Matt the spreadsheet. No, I think you're a bit like me that I like to be contrarian. I always think that once the listeners are given one, then you should try to pick another because they've already got an accolade. It's like being intercontinental yeah. champion and world champion. It's just greedy. You don't need both. So, uh, <laughs> oh. but we'll give it, we'll give them the double on that. Um, and, uh, well, next time I'll be on will be for the uh, Mansfield Press. Are you feeling excited about Saturday? Well, it's my dad and his twin brother's 65th birthday weekend. So we have Ooh. quite the gaggle of hunts. Um Coming to watch in the uh, top corner of the, the Don Rogers. So, not something uh, the Spooner well, he, wants to tie with. Yeah. So, happy birthday to a couple of old hunts. Um, they they like to badge themselves as kind of Swindon Town Jonas when they do come, but the form's so bad. Maybe they can be they can kind of put the reverse mockers on. And actually turn it into a Sunderland Town win. I don't know, but one thing we can be sure of: Mansfield are good. Um, that's going to be a tough afternoon, probably in the Stockport bracket. But what I what I'm clinging to, I suppose, Jr. is actually in that Stockport game. It was a very watchable game. Swindon more than played their part in that first sixty-five or seventy minutes. You know, Swindon gave as good as they got. So I think that same application, that same performance, were a chance of a result this weekend. Um, Andy that McEachran's back. Hatswell said post-game, uh, Hepburn Murphy is hopefully going to train tomorrow. Shade's back, so that's an option off the bench. And uh, Kokolo, a bit more fitness under his back. Who knows? It, it needs a surprise jolt get people smiling again um, God forbid could another team just have an off day against us like could Mansfield have a stinker and get someone sent off after five minutes and Aidan Flint stick one in his own net that'd be lovely wouldn't it certainly it would. <laughs> it feels like we need a bit of that to get back I feel like clinging on to something we should end on a bit of positivity and it was nice to see a picture of a lot of the first teamers who weren't involved in the crowd today though that's that's good the the togetherness is good, isn't it? Yeah, so um, me and the Little Uns down the front, we saw Kemp, Godwin Malief, um, who else was down there? Oh, Sadie Khan. He's an affable chap. He really is. Very smiley. Um, who else was knocking about? 
Uh, I don't know, th- those are the ones I saw. And yeah, they were, you know, taking time to speak to young fans and take selfies and do autographs. So yeah, a nice touch. A nice touch. It makes nice because it would be quite easy, I suppose, for people to just not. So that is a nice thing to see. I'll, 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 I'll give kudos to that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and yeah, you know, just closing. I suppose I heard a little bit of Hatswell's post match. Um, oh yeah, he, he was pretty measured. Lots of praise for the younguns. Um, pleased that Coppolo and Kekun came through unscathed. Um, you know, and actually, like me, I think you know, I was very young. Swindon inside in the second half take take quite a big pat on the back, even if they didn't you know, quite turn that into chances and goals. Um, you know, there's certainly no embarrassment. There was no mauling like we saw at, at Reading. So, baby steps um, for this young bunch, um, and hopefully, you know, that ninety minutes against. What was quite an experienced exit side will put them in really good stead for, you know, what is their bread and butter, which is going to be the the FA Youth Cup third round, and trying to make sure they finish top of that um, Southwest Alliance League, which I think they're in pretty good shape to do. Yep, I agree. Well, you know, on that thing, uh, I think we'll probably just leave it there. Dan, thank you very much. Thank you, Jr. Cheers, all. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up, what was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.